As podcast amateurs, we were advised to insert certain imperfections into the audio quality of the show in order not to show off our technical expertise too much the first few times and perhaps intimidate and anger other more established podcasters because our show was so good the first time out. Second, research shows that a few audio and content issues sharpen the attention and sound language processing skills, improving IQ and patience in our listeners. Welcome to Women Who Sarcast, where we apply the lowest form of wit to the social issues of our time. I'm Kathy Barron. And I'm Debbie Stair, your certified sarcasm specialist. This segment of Women Who Sarcast has been funded by the Meaningless Bullshit Advisory Board. These people give us money, which we take, and advice, which we ignore. Since last week, uh, in our first episode, we talked about the relationship between sarcasm, sarcasts, and trust. I, well, we, have become concerned about developing some trust with our listeners. People apparently enjoy and learn more from sarcasm if they know and trust the sarcasts. So we developed a list of questions for both Kathy and myself to answer to help listeners get to know us better. These are carefully created questions, psychologically designed to reveal our hearts and souls, despite our best attempts to remain enigmatic and unapproachable. Kathy, are you willing to answer some questions today? I'll be answering them too. And feel free to ask me some along the way. So I see you nodding, so that I guess yes, that's a yes. Yes, I, I will answer some questions. All right. I guess you can always take the fifth if I ask you something you really don't want to answer. I could, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, if you had a cologne named after you, uh, what would it be? I think it would be called Cynical. <laughs> That's good. You know, good. people. not quite sure what scent it would be. Maybe, I don't know, something definitely not floral. No, not floral, no. not for you. Um, maybe a little more musky or earthy. Like dirt. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Try new cynical. New dirt scented cologne. <laughs> it helps you see the future. <laughs> right. Oh, that's that's a good commercial. All right, I think uh, my cologne would be annoyance. Mm-hmm. So it would be maybe, yeah, by Jovan. And uh, I think I think it would have to maybe announce my presence before I get into the room and just kind of wake people up, so they can smell you before you enter the room. Right. Right, they know I'm coming. Okay, <laughs> okay, we got the got that out of the way. All right, this one might be kind of personal, so take your time. Do you ever use swear words as passcodes? Well, if I told you, I'd have to kill you, and then I'd have to change my passcode. And you'd have to do this broadcast by yourself. <laughs> I see a security, homeland security issue here. 
Um, well, do you ever use them, though? As Pat, you don't have to tell us which one. No, I don't. I use the same one pretty much in different varieties. It's exactly what they tell you not to, just like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, all my passcodes are swear words. Every single last one of them. But, you know, I'm not going to tell you which one they are because they're supposed to be secret, like you already pointed out. But I can say is that at least one of them rhymes with the word runt. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I can only imagine what you use that passcode for. (laughs) Something having to do with the government. All right. So, doing a deep dive into the personality (laughs) secrets of Kathy Barron. So, Kathy, what's the most annoying thing that's happened to you this week or recently or just something you just would like to talk about? Well, it's funny you should mention deep dive. (laughs) Yeah. But that wasn't the most annoying thing I had to do this week. Other than talking to me all week on the internet. Well, I can smell your perfume, your cologne, so that's, you know. It's annoyance. It's activating this emotional mood in me. Um, I think the most annoying thing that I have to deal with on a daily basis is my commute and the idiotic people that are on the roads. And that by the time I get to work, I'm so freaking angry that no wonder they call me grumpy. <laughs> they call you grumpy at work. <laughs> what is that? The 12, 12 dwarves? Yeah. <laughs> Stumpy. <laughs> grumpy and dumpy. Yes. <laughs> dumpy. We definitely have a dumpy in the office. <laughs> but I think the the commute is the most annoying thing and people just don't know how to drive and it's not like they're going 80 miles an hour they're going like at the most 10 miles an hour but yet they can't seem to figure out how to drive in that (laughs) you know range of speed if it's 10 miles an hour you're way too close to all the other cars yeah i think people freak out a little bit you know yeah. Wait, other people. Well, that kind of relates to the one of the most, well, one of the annoying things that happened to me this week, which was the fact um, that no one in the cafe that I was working at, I sat down in a cafe and I was writing and I had um, these highway orange um, earplugs in my ears. I mean, and I have very short hair. So I basically was wearing two do not disturb signs on on my ears, bright orange. And three different people <laughs> tried to engage me in conversation. I was just like, do you not see <laughs> these orange things on my ears? <laughs> I mean, she even pointed to my ear. So she knew I had an earplug in it. <laughs> so did you point to her ear? Uh, no, but I was. I was very sarcastic when I started talking to her, but that's, um, I'm going to, well, that'll be a future episode. I'm going to blog about, about her. It's like, yeah, I'm wearing earplugs. What was okay. so important that she needed to unplug your I ears? No 
Uh, I took an earplug out. We talked for 10 minutes and, you know, I, I, I still know what the hell that was about. Uh, so I think she was lonely and her friends had left her. And I understand why <laughs> um, after talking to her for, <laughs> for three minutes, I think she just couldn't sit there by herself staring into her coffee. I'm like, so next time I'm going to wear horse blinders <laughs> to the cafe. Not the ones that totally cover your eyes. Cause then I right, well, the side blinder, yeah. Right. I, I couldn't write this podcast because that's what I was doing. I was on a deadline. I have important shit to do. Don't talk to me. <laughs> so I'm going to wear horse blinders and then see what happens. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Uh <laughs> So my next question for you is more like the Rorschach test. I'm going to read you a headline, and I just want to hear your response, and we'll we'll diagnose which personality disorder you might have from this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> more than what I already been diagnosed <laughs> with. <laughs> In this world, if you don't have a personality disorder, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you're not, if you're healthy in this environment, uh, okay. All right. So the you're not paying question. attention. That's it. <laughs> right. You're not. You're. 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 I don't know. Too dumb to live. Um, NBC reported this uh, about ten days ago. Amazon Echo users report maniacal laughter coming from Alexa at random moments. Do you know who Alexa is? Oh, we have her. Oh, you do. <laughs> yes. You have an Alexa. <laughs> we unplug her once in a while because I know. They are listening. Uh, uh-huh. It's kind of scary. So, has she been laughing maniacally at random moments in your house? She hasn't been laughing, but she'll say something once, like, randomly. We'll be watching TV or something, and she'll say, I'm sorry, I can't find that. Or, I don't know what you're talking about. Or, she'll deny everything. Oh, so she's hearing voices. Right, so I think she's hearing the the TV, thinking oh, okay. that like someone says Alex or Alexander or something that sounds like Alexa, uh huh, and she'll come on and give her two cents. That's funny. Can you imagine all the girls who are named Alexa? They're like, oh fuck, now we got to change her name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In fact, the book I'm writing, her name's Alexa. Nice. I even knew there was an Amazon Echo. I'm like, I don't need another um, plastic thing to shout at. And well, then and you do have to shout at her sometimes because she doesn't listen. And you're like, Alexa, nothing. Alexa. And then you have to, like, get two inches away from her for her to respond sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've ever said to Alexa? I don't know if I have a weird thing, but I oh, asked her oh, one day my... how her day was or how she was. And I think I even posted on my Facebook page that one time where she was like, I'm doing great. So great that I'll sing you a song. And she sang a song or something. Does Alexa understand sarcasm? I don't think so. Oh, we'll have to try. You'll have to try that. I will. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to, you'll have to do some research since you're our research person. Okay, I'll get back to you on that. All right. Well, if I don't have an Alexa. I don't really want one. But if I had one, I would name her Vladimir. That's the first thing I would do. And then my first order would be Vladimir, world domination. 
<laughs> then I would laugh maniacally. <laughs> and then I'd order some sweaters. Well, you've seen those commercials. Um, no, I haven't. I don't have TV. Oh. But they make fun of Alexa. And it's different actors. And one's oh, in a pool. Cool. They're saying, hey, Alexa, find me so-and-so. And they're like, I haven't got time to find you so-and-so. I'm, I'm taking bath. Get off your or ass. Find it yourself. It yourself. <laughs> Feminist Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I got one more question or issue before we go into your segment on the history of sarcasm. Um, you know, we talk a lot about passcodes and security and, and safety. And I think now that with Alaska, Alexa is poised to take over the United States um, through technology, although she would be way better than Trump, um, I think we need to be talking about safe words. Because sure. we, we need to, yeah. We Everybody need needs one. Need. Yeah. I want to be able to scream a safe word, you know, like apocalypse. And get all the technology around me to shut off within three miles. Because, I mean, it gets overwhelming, you know. True. <laughs> if she takes over everything and I just, I just yeah. need her to, to give me a minute, you know. <laughs> yeah, the apocalypse is very overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, my Alexa, Vladimir, whatever the fuck her name is, um, they need to understand irony. Yeah. So, do you have a safe word, uh, Kathy, or have you ever used one or think about using one or you think the whole idea is a bunch of crap i think i need one for work Mm-hmm. and we were actually talking about that yesterday at the deep dive so, really i know safe words at work <laughs> dear god yeah. where do you work <laughs> my mind is uh, i'm imagining mm. some dark stuff here yeah i think that kind of goes along the line with the sexual harassment policy. Oh, yeah. I'll have to check with HR with that. But, um, I don't know. Pineapple seems like a pretty good safe word. Submarine. Uh-huh. I think that's what somebody said yesterday. The safe word should be submarine. For everybody? For in the office. Yeah. Submarine, 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 submarine. <laughs> so, like, if you walk by a group of people that are being too loud, you can gently say yeah. submarine as you walk back, <laughs> walk by them. And, yeah, submarine's not going to be, I guess in your work, you don't deal with submarines, so you're not going to be, like, saying that all the time anyway. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Pineapple might be a different case. <laughs> you might walk by a group a of people with someone eating a piece of pineapple. You say pineapple, yeah, yeah, goes right over the head, you know. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, that's all the questions I have for right now. Um, I might have a few more uh, later on. But why don't you tell us um, about the, some of the history of sarcasm? I will when we come right back. Welcome back. Okay, for the next segment, we're going to talk about the origin of sarcasm. And 
Do you know where the first, who were the first ones to use sarcasm, Deb? No, I do not. No guesses. I guess it would be someone in my family tree. <laughs> Are you Scandinavian? I I wish. I've wanted to be Scandinavian for a long time. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm adopted. You're adopted. <laughs> Look at me and went, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm German and I am uh, part British, apparently. Okay. So. Well, then you're in this. You have the right genes on. So sarcasm originated from a Greek word, uh, sarcasmos. I'm sure I didn't say that right. No one does. Which initially means to tear flesh, bite the lip in rage, or sneer. Mm-hmm. Um, All things I'm doing right now. <laughs> And in the 16th century, Latin language gave the word sarcasm. So it saved us from trying to say sarcasmosis. <laughs> sarcasmosis. Is that like a disease you get yeah. when you've, you've, been, you've been so sarcastic you get a disease? <laughs> you become sarcastic while you sleep, you know, okay. like osmosis. Sarcasmosis. All right. All right. Sarcas. So it's Latin. Okay. Sarcasmosis. So the Romans had something to do with this. And the I think Greeks. initially, but the Vikings were the did. real original sarcasts. That's good. We're in good company. I read some Greek plays, and they can be <laughs> pretty sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. So the Vikings were seafaring Scandinavians, exploring, raiding, and trading in waters outside of Scandinavia from the 8th to 11th centuries. So when they brought trade from across the world to the British shores, they influenced the British with the words and expressions that they used. So the more the British heard these words and saw these expressions, it became part of their everyday language. Mm-hmm. And that's why the British have such a understated humor in a sarcastic, irony, ironic kind of way. Kind of like straight-to-your-face tone, which is kind of the part of the understatement and satire. So, so are you talking about the British? Yeah. Having that? Uh-huh. The British language. By way of the Vikings, Okay. Right. Oh, I see. So it went from Greece, Rome, and <laughs> someone must have gone to visit a relative <laughs> in Scandinavia and infected them with sarcasmosis. <laughs> and then they they uh, got in their ships and, and brought it uh, to the British Isles. Is that what you're saying? That's that's what I've heard. That's I the word on the street. I sarcasm if you had swords. Well, it's kind of like dark humor. I see. From a dark land. Right. So in between the pillaging and raping, (laughs) they would zing you with some sarcastic wit. (laughs) You... (laughs) 
So, you know, it seemed to work How for them. How sword feel? Is this sword too sharp? <laughs> Let me know. As he decapitates him. <laughs> Let me know if you can feel this. <laughs> Let me know if I need to sharpen this. Yeah, right. No, it's less painful. <laughs> I, I like British humor. Well, there's a show on Netflix called A Very British Problem. Yeah, I've watched an episode of that. Have you? It was pretty hilarious. I was cracking yeah. up. So the use of sarcasm and irony is quite distinct from other countries. And if you use it in France or Germany, it will often uh, be taken literally. So the humor's lost on Germans and the French, apparently. Because <laughs> the French are a little too stuffy of... for it, I guess. Huh. Is that just good? And so even if it's sarcasm in their own languages? Is that I the think, case or just Brit I, English? I think they just take it literally. Huh. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I must be relying on my British parts. You know, I have German parts and British parts. Yeah, I have, I some, I have some Scandinavia in me, I found out. And Polish, for sure. And a little bit of Irish and English. I've always wanted to be, I wanted to be Irish for the last 10 years. You've wanted to be Irish? Yeah, I've wanted to be Irish for the last 10 years. I wanted to be Scandinavian since I was young. Why? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. Because it sounded good. I probably, have, I probably have Scandinavian blood, given how blonde my hair was and how blue. <laughs> okay. My eyes. I'm, I'm... All right. We'll, we'll move on. I do not agree with that position. <laughs> I'm a liberal. So the next time... You use sarcasm, or it's used on you. You can thank the Vikings for bringing it to the homeland and influencing British humor, and hence American humor. And now for a commercial break. Have you always wanted to be a certified sarcasm specialist? Has it been at the top of your life goals list, but you just can't bring yourself to commit? Well, wipe off that brow and pull up those pants. For a limited time only, the National Institute of Applied Irony is offering an online certification program. That's right. It's all available at your fingertips, so you don't have to brush your teeth and look presentable to the world. You can get certified in the comfort of your spidey undies and your furry slippers. So act now. Don't wait. You're not getting any younger. Visit iniai.com backslash buck up to live the life you're meant to live. All right, for segment three, now that we know that some of the history of sarcasm, we're going to continue uh, the getting to know us portion of our show. So, Kathy, what's a really ironic or a weird thing that's happened lately anywhere in the world or to you that you took note of or thought was funny? Well, I pretty much see that on a daily basis. Um, like I was driving on the freeway one day and mass transit went by 
and there's a Ford advertisement on the mass transit car. <laughs> and it says, I think it said something like, well, some people need to drive or something weird. And I'm like, well, that's interesting that public transportation would have a automobile ad on it enticing people to buy a car not to take mass transit yeah did you say it was ford was it ford or it was ford (laughs) that's funny because ford was instrumental in getting rid of the train to begin with when they when they invented cars um there was a concerted effort to pull up all the railroads and that's why united states does not have um, a very good crop doesn't have a good train system <laughs> at all. <laughs> so they're like, back at it again. Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> How about they you? They were not thinking, were they? <laughs> no, <laughs> they weren't thinking. <laughs> well, the weird thing I saw, the thing I thought was funny when I, <laughs> was one of the airlines, uh, the um, uh, therapy emotional port support service dog bit a person uh, on a plane. I thought was was kind of funny, and I wondered, well, what did that person do? Um, what that uh, we don't have the whole picture. I mean, what if the person was being sarcastic and the, the dog was just didn't know what to say, so he bit at him. Uh, so uh, maybe that was part of the service. Uh, yeah, I think people go a little out of, little overboard with the support animals, especially <laughs> on a plane. Right, because you're going to be comforting the animal because the animal is not used to being on a plane. Right. So I don't know how that's going to be comforting. It's um, like who's supporting who? Yeah, exactly. And then then I found out that um, I actually did some research about five minutes worth, and I uh, found out that the dog had bit a kid. So of course that immediately got a little less funny. And then I, you know, I was thinking about it, and I thought I think the problem here is that the emotional support dog didn't bring his or her emotional support dog with right. <laughs> or toy. You know, support yeah. toy, teddy bears, stuffed animal, something. Right, and then, that, that made me think of, okay, but what, you know, if you were a dog or, you know, what kind of animals, what kind of animals do dogs use for support? Hmm, that's a good question. Do you use another dog? Do you use a toy? Do you, like, use an owl? I was like, owl? Yeah, because they're, they're so supportive. <laughs> They just sit there and blink at you. I and turn their that. head all the way around. It's like a... <laughs> no, that's not creepy. Yeah, right. <laughs> this will calm you down. <laughs> Maybe we can research that. You know, what uh, What kind of support, emotional support dog, animals do dogs have? This, this uh, apparently a week earlier, somebody tried to bring an emotional support peacock. I did see plane. that, and <laughs> poor peacock. <laughs> they, they didn't let him do it. Have you have you spent any time around peacocks? Well, sure. I mean, when they mate, don't they like 
their whole feathers fan out. <laughs> so they're much bigger than they are yeah, they just, when they don't have it out. Just knock people out on the plane. So, um, I mean, what if a peacock becomes aroused on the plane and its <laughs> feathers fan out? All hell's going to break loose. <laughs> And you know what those peacocks sound like. It's a, it's a very comforting. Well, let me just demonstrate. You may want to. <laughs> is what they sound like, which I don't know. Well, you're kind of putting me, you're putting me to sleep with those noises. So stop. <laughs> I'm getting drowsy over here. All right. All right. One last question, because I think um, pretty much. Uh, everyone can see into deeply into our souls and and see that at least I don't have one. Um, okay, this question is a trick question. Uh, last but not least, if you had some kind of magic superpower um, or superpower, Kathy, what would it be? Um, hmm, that's a good one. I got to think about that because I want to pick a good one. I don't want to just, you know, blur something out. Right. Well, maybe you. Um, yeah, you think and I'll talk. <laughs> um, mine would be smartification. Um, it would be a spray that I uh, direct towards people who are doing something stupid or about to do something stupid hmm. and turn their dumb behavior into smart behavior. So hmm. it would smartify them. So smartification. And maybe I could use your clone, uh, your cologne called Cynic. Or I don't think I should use annoyance for it, though, because people are annoyed. They're not usually too smart. So smartification. <laughs> or um, another one would be magically, I don't know what to call this, the bureaucratic paralysis system where I would just scream my safe word, apocalypse, and uh, all bureaucracy that's getting in my way would come to a grinding halt, and they would oh. simply give me what I want. That would be a so good those thing. Are, those, are, those are two of mine. So have you come up with yeah, anything? Yeah, I think, I think for me, I think would have to do be, be more about me than everybody else as far as maybe an, an invisible... Invisibility, invisibility shield or, or cloak or uh -huh. something uh -huh. to make me invisible more than I already make myself. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little bit farther over. Right. Yeah, I've thought about that myself. Or that maybe like help. a magic wand to... I kind of like your your smart one. I might do that with a magic wand. Yeah, the spray can... Someone will have an allergic reaction or something. A wand is probably wiser. Yeah. Yeah. With the allergies out there. Yeah. 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 People, safer. What are you spraying on me. <laughs> Especially those. I'm a human. I'm a human. Those, skunk, those places that have a sign that are I'm fragrant free. <laughs> right. Scent free. Intellisense. That's probably what the name of it should be. Intellisense. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well. Thank you, everybody, uh, for tuning in to our second episode of Women Who Sarcast. I hope you feel like you can trust us uh, more since now you know all our secrets. 
Thanks so much to Kathy for being our technology expert on top of everything else that she does. Without her expertise with sound editing and all the rest, Women Who Sarcast would be just some neat idea with no real world manifestation. And uh, let's see. Okay. And if you can't wait another week for more humor, check out my blog at www.laughingcoyoteproductions.com. And that's not a long enough title. So we'll say that again, www.laughingcoyoteproductions.com. And next week, we'll talk about inconvenient convenience, how technology makes our lives easier and safer, or does it? And the most awesomest show music is provided by Mike Imbasiani. You can find him at mikeimbasiani.com, M-I-K-E-I-M-B-A-S-C-I-A-N-I.com. So till next time. Thank you.